Are you a woman serving in the military and may require a little motivation or support? Or you have a question but not sure of who to ask? Or you just need to know you aren't alone in a male-dominated profession? Well, The Military Woman and So Much More is the podcast for you to be inspired, educated, and motivated to be the best damn leader in and out of uniform. We as military women need to share resources to be taken seriously, make systemic changes, and groom future leaders. Despite our differences, we are stronger together. Join host Sharika Labrie as she speaks from either personal experience as an active duty officer or interviews guests with a variety of successes, challenges, or expert knowledge on topics worthy of discussion. Let's build a network of military women who support each other and continue to be the badasses we are. Here is your host. Welcome to the Military Woman Podcast and so much more on this week's episode. Jackie Martin, she is the host of Divorce for Busy Millennials podcast. Uh, She's currently studying for her bar, but she filed for divorce soon after a deployment only to get held up by COVID. So in order to get through the stress, she found humor in all the mess and she she talked about the trials and tribulations of divorce on her podcast. So if you are thinking about divorcing your spouse or you have already divorced and looking for resources, this week's episode is for you. So please listen, enjoy. And if you are liking the podcast or even if you're not, please, 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 I thrive on feedback. Let me know that you're listening and let me know your thoughts. So. Thank you for listening to another week, and I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. All right, Jackie. How you doing? I am good. Good. Thank it's you. It's always the weekend. <laughs> oh, I get, I'm like, it is, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know what day it is. Is it Wednesday? It's Thursday, right? Early Thursday. Yes. Yeah, th- when, when your kids have been home for a year and a half, <laughs> there is no weekend. <laughs> no. No, I, there's, I mean, there's no weekend. <laughs> some so, of it's yes. been hard enough for me. I don't know how you've done it. Yeah, since March of 2020, none of my three kids have gone to school. Or, yeah, school. So I've seen inside of a school nor daycare. So, yes, every day is uh, Groundhog Day in my house. So, anywho, Jackie, thank you for coming to the Military Woman's Podcast and so much more. Uh, I know you have your own podcast, which I can't wait to hear about and have the listeners learn about as well. I mean, there's some legal aspects, some divorce aspects, things that really affect us women today and tomorrow and the next day. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, please, please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and, and who you are and what you do. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I've never been interviewed before for a podcast. (laughs) Okay, I'll get into it. Um, So my name's Jackie Morton. I grew up in um, Southside Virginia, important. It's on the southern part of Virginia, very different from Nova. Um, Mm -hmm. I graduated from the Virginia Military Institute in 2009 and um, commissioned active duty as an engineer officer. Um. Deployed twice with the first engineers and second engineers. Um, and then I decided to get out to leave active duty in 2015. Um, transferred to the reserve component and was like, yes, no more deployments for a while. I'm going to go to law school. 
and uh, took command of a company. And then the army was like, <laughs> you're going to Africa. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, great. So I took a little army sponsored sabbatical in the middle of law school um, in 2019, but came back, finished law school. Um, I have one daughter. She's six. Her name's Marilyn. Um, if you see wiggling in the background, that's probably her. And um, I have a, a dog and a cat. And I guess most importantly, and related to the podcast, is um, when I got back from Africa in the end of 2019, I uh, separated and eventually divorced my ex spouse. Um, and that's kind of how I got inspired, like through that process to start the podcast, because I'm a really, uh, I joke around a lot. I'm like super dark humor and just laugh at stuff. And, you know, it's the army, right? Like we gotta laugh at people crying. Right, of course. I'm a nurse. So I I know that. (laughs) I know that dark humor. (laughs) And I really love podcasts and I just couldn't find anything about divorce that wasn't like super depressing or wasn't like, this is how you get all the money. And I just, I'm not like that. I was kind of like, dude, this, you know, it's bad. It's not fun. It's painful and traumatic, but it can be kind of funny sometimes. <laughs> like, oh. like you could laugh about it, you know, if you just, if you just stop being so serious and, and just think like, let me take myself out of this headspace and just laugh at like the comedy of, you know, whatever's happening. So I was like, I'm just going to start a podcast and I haven't monetized it or anything. I just really wanted it to be a source of like, if anybody wanted to listen to me, interview people, talk about getting divorced and make jokes, probably maybe some inappropriate for some. Um, That's why I started it. I just wanted to be like a little white space. Uh That's it. Okay. So a couple of questions about that. So uh, what's the name of your podcast? Divorce for Busy Millennials. That's right. Divorce for Busy Millennials. So you came back from Africa, right? And you were getting separated. Was your spouse also in the military? He was, but he had um, ETS at the time. We met when we were both engineers in the army. Okay. Um, I don't even, how long, maybe we were together for almost 10 years. So, wow. Okay. Um, nine years, eight years. I just don't remember. It was, um, it was more than two. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was a long time. It was a long time. Um, yes, but he he completely got out of the army in 2016, um, and that's uh, we moved to Alabama. So okay. he got a job in Alabama, and I got into law school here. So okay, okay. So uh, so okay. So navigating the the divorce was not through the military. That was all civilian. Correct. It was. Um, which is, is good. I mean, it's, I guess there's good and bad. I, I have not been divorced near a military installation. Obviously, it's all, you know, civilian. The civilian force handled the domestic relations or state court. Mm-hmm. So um, I did find, maybe this is too early. Now I can get to a good question. Is What I found in, in the process of going through my divorce was, like a total misunderstanding of what it means to be a reserve component officer, to even be an officer in the military, to deploy, to go to drill, to go to AT. It was kind of like 
it's a complex setup, especially if you're a National Guard or Reserve component. Um, and if you don't have the proper like vocabulary and tools to explain that to your attorney or judge or mediator, or whatever, it can really be skewed against you. Mm. Um, and that's kind of one one thing that I was very cognitive of, like when I was going through the process and even um, since then in like an externship I did last semester um, concerning domestic relations, mostly divorce and encountering some military cases, basically like military divorces. I was, I don't want to say disappointed, but I guess concerned by there's, there's almost like a a negative bias towards military service, especially mm-hmm. in areas where the judges and the attorneys don't deal with it often. Um, it's something that really stuck with me and I'm like, we've got to figure out a way to like educate these civilians that don't deal with it often and don't, I don't want to say they don't care, they care about their clients, but they don't care to learn like, you know, what what is it like to be in the Army Reserve? and it, it was an interesting process for me. Um, well, I can imagine. So I, I, I imagine with kids involved, a military is looked at as more of an unstable lifestyle, you know, uh, whether yeah. your reserves, National Guard are active duty, because you can, you belong to the military, your mm-hmm. family, I mean, second, in all actuality, you know, like you, you have to have plans in place for child care and family care and things like that. So I can imagine if you have a civilian spouse in your military and you're getting divorced and there are kids involved and there is like a complete battle between going to be the primary because both of them wants to be the primary. I I mean, I I don't see the military side winning. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if if it's a woman or the man. You know, I, I think most TV shows say, well, it's the mother you know if yeah. she's stable she gets she gets the priority over the father or whatever right. um, but if you're military and you're the mother active duty or reserves or whatever and you have a civilian counterpart then yeah i don't i don't see how that would go in the favor of the woman uh, yeah it's, and um it's it's tough and that's frustrating right because you're like why well, it was kind of spun in a negative light and it's like well we got told by the army she had to deploy in 2019 and i was like yes i did but i also am non-deployable for two years you know and i'm also a major now and i also have a little bit more ability to affect my career and i kind of had to like walk my attorney through that and explain that to her i can't imagine how difficult that would be for a junior enlisted soldier because they oftentimes don't have that kind of power or control over their career and that I really thought about that a lot through the process and I was like man I'm really advocating for myself a lot and I'm teaching my attorney and I can't imagine like if I didn't have this ability how it could it could have really hurt me and it could have changed the outcome Mm -hmm. so it's it's tough I don't know how to affect change in that arena but it's almost disappointing, especially because I feel like we, we let veterans down so often and we let service members down so often. And I'm like, gosh, this, this area of the law isn't talked about enough as 
as something that can really impact soldiers. And I can't imagine being not being able to spend time with my daughter because I'm in the army. Right. Right. And it got to the point where my ex-husband's attorney kept bringing it up so much. I was like, I'll leave today. Like I'll submit my UQR today. If you think the judge is going to hold it against me, which he would have. Uh Um, and my attorney was like, don't do that. Don't do anything crazy. And I was like, I'll end it right now. Like there's nothing more important than her. So it's just rough. Mm. So, okay. So what, what, what funnies did you find out of that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Nothing funny about that. (laughs) I think I would just build a lot of humor. Okay. I need to hear one of your funny stories. (laughs) That was part of the, that was the traumatic experience of getting divorced like the marriage ending didn't bother me it was over before Uh but the the custody battle part of it really I think that's the trauma that like sticks to me I will say the funny part was just like so when we separated we owned a house together Uh and I was like I'm not leaving and he was like well I'm not leaving and so we lived in the house together and then um you know, separating the, uh, the or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but then like Corona hit. Oh, it, wow. <laughs> so yeah, y'all are like, can't go anywhere in the house, same house together. It was so terrible. I was like, this is getting worse. Like I called my lawyer and I was like, please get me divorced. <laughs> like I want out of this house. Can you believe how both like stubborn y'all both were? <laughs> Girl, look, okay, I paid the down payment and he paid the mortgage and it pretty much came out even. So I was like, um, no, sir. I bought you this house that you wanted. He was like, I've been paying the mortgage. And I was like, I put the down payment on it. <laughs> it was my name on the VA loan. So so I I mean I, for the listeners, I because I'm curious, like how did how did this all end then? with corona the custody like right. it ended in mediation uh-huh. um because the alabama court shut down obviously oh. nobody knew what to do with you know corona and going right. to court so we did a mediation and i'm so sorry if i'm yelling let me know i don't know how this mic is um and i mean it was normal it lasted like all day it was way too long it could have been half the time that it was considering how it ended. I mean, we ended up with joint custody, 50-50 on everything. Um, not for lack of fighting over it, but mainly because had we gone to trial, that's what the judge is going to award anyway. Okay. Um, that's just what he believes. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter any extenuating circumstances. So we settled on that. And then we just kind of split up our property. And then a month later, we got our divorce decree. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like a best man. <laughs> I was in my car and I just got an email and I was like, <laughs> they had yeah. those divorce parties, but Corona. So you couldn't even have a divorce party. <laughs> I, know. I like screenshotted it. It was like final decree of divorce and like sent it to everybody in my family. And I was like, I'm free. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was. Do you, wild. do you think, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining though, a lot of this was not unfamiliar to you just because you were in law school, right? Like as far, as far as the verbiage and things like that, something that was hard, but 
you know, you, you had some inside, I guess you can say, but you know, someone else, you know, private in the army who's getting divorced or whatever, and does have any type of background in law. It's just whatever it would have been. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, lucky. Um, I signed up for a domestic relations class at my law school that Mm -hmm. spring of 2020 when I was separated and knew we were getting divorced. Um, so that gave me a lot of insight into what happens when you get divorced and the filings and the pleadings and everything that's going to go on. Um, so I was really schooled up in that area, which is great. And more importantly than that, I was learning about the Alabama case law that governs divorce in Alabama. So I had a better understanding of how the court might rule on certain issues. Mm. And, um, also took a mediation class. So I, when I went into mediation, I knew what to expect because it's like really not like how they portray it on TV and in movies. Right. Um, especially divorce mediation, like they 100% want to like separate you. <laughs> they don't have one of those parties in the same room, I guess. Right, right. Okay. I think. Um, so yeah, it, it, it helped a lot. Um, and just being able to reach out, I guess, um, reach out and talk to retired judges and attorneys and just ask questions like, hey, you know, what's this about or what should I be concerned about on this fact? Um, it was helpful. It was. Having that support group that, yeah. that was knowledgeable. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, bottom line for every, anything, anything that you're unsure of, get a support group of people who are doing it or have done it or who know more than you. You don't have yeah. to go through it alone, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, that's everything. It's like, I, I wish I'd known that like when I was in my 20s, you know, mm-hmm. like get you, right, a, right. get you a good, a, a squad, a crew, a tribe, whatever you want to call it. Like get you a group of people that support you and mm-hmm. love you and, just want to help you and see you thrive. Like that's crucial. Right. Um, I wish, wish I'd done it sooner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah. I mean, in the twenties, I, I don't know. I'm looking back. You, you have the people I always say, I said, well, I have those groups of those groups of friends, right. You have your mm-hmm. college friends, uh, and then you have your just got into the military friends. Then if you have kids, you now yeah. you have your kid friends. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you know, and oh, and the deployment friends, if you deploy, yeah. uh, that you, and it's only like one or two that you might keep in touch with, you know, every, that you know, you can at least, hey, hey, how's it been? It's been probably like six months, but you know, yeah, you have so right. right, different decades of friends, I should say, but um, <laughs> You know, I, I don't know in the twenties. You, you, yeah, you're right. It's it's finding a tribe and it, of, of of people who are interested in the, some of the same things that you are. At For least sure. hold you on. But so back to your podcast. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the? I mean, as far as the the guest interview interviews that you've had, have there been some type of trend? I guess trends that you've noticed at all with with any of the guests that you can think of, it could be anything. Um, I want to say, not. I mean, I'd say the one trend, and this is probably going to sound cliche, is that everyone is like, it's so hard when you're going through it. Divorce is hard. It doesn't matter if it's your first one or your eighth one. Mm. It's hard. Um, but getting through it, like the 
the sense of freedom that everyone's had, you know, when it's over and you get that decree in your hand and it's a breath of relief or a sigh of relief, whatever, that you can kind of move on with your life. And like this chapter is over and you're going to start a new chapter. Mm -hmm. I would say that's the biggest trend. And I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I've talked to people outside of the podcast about it as well. And I think most people feel that way. Like, even if it was really horrendous and they didn't want to get divorced, like they're going to be sad about it. It's going to be hard. But even for people who resisted it, that that bit of finality and being done is is a relief. Right. It's like no longer limbo. Right. Right. Yeah. What's done is done. We can move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can kind of rebuild and move forward. Um, which is, that's a learning experience for everyone. You know what I mean? Like, um, whether it doesn't matter how old you are, like you're learning from that experience and saying like, got to figure out like, what, what do I do to, what do I want my life to look like after this phase? Right. No, I'm glad you said that. I mean, cause it can be like, uh, you know, yeah. What with really what we were just talking about, like the custody battles, the mm-hmm. you know, learning the the ropes, and then each state is different as well as what you know, the things that you have to go through. And uh, so anyone listening might be like, who might be on the fence, I'm like, well, you know, we'll just try to work it out. Work it out. We'll yeah. try to work it out, we'll try to work it out. And uh, because you know, uh divorce sounds scary. But yeah. I mean, as you said, it is hard, but once it's done, there's some sense of relief and, mm-hmm. you know, it's now just reinventing yourself basically. And that could be a good thing. Yeah. I think I, any, my, my advice to anyone who's like considering divorces, um, I it was, I don't even know how to explain this. Like I ignored a lot uh-huh. in my marriage and it kind of got to a point where I was like, Ugh, like, I can't really ignore these things anymore because I was busy in the army and then I was busy in law school and then I was busy getting my unit ready for deployment. And then I was busy while we were in Africa. It was crazy. And um, I couldn't really use that. Like I'm busy, like too busy to address these issues in my marriage. I can't use that as an excuse anymore. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just made a commitment to myself and and I said like you're not going to stand for this anymore like this isn't going to happen you're just going to have to do it because I didn't my mom was divorced multiple times so I'm no stranger to it and I didn't want that like I wanted more than anything to just have a marriage that worked and lasted right and so I was willing to like set my own feelings aside for a long time and it got to the point where I was like okay if one of your soldiers told you that their spouse was acting like this, what advice would you give them? Mm-hmm. And when I kind of had that conversation with myself in Africa, where it was hot, it might have been like heat delusions. I don't know. When I just had that conversation with myself, I was like, you know exactly what you need to do. And then I just committed to it. And I was like, it's going to hurt. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be painful, but we're going to get through it. Just like everything else, some things hurt, some things are painful when you get through it. And I just had to like keep telling myself that I was like, you're doing the right thing. Um, yeah, it was tough. I, I, it's a hard decision to make. 
was your spouse like did he see it coming was he like eh, um, what you want to divorce me <laughs> yeah he said that he was like I can't believe you're doing this to me and I was like I can't believe you did xyz to me for years um, right right yeah it did surprise him because I think oh. I took a lot I um, yeah. let a lot of stuff go for a long time mm-hmm. and that's not really my personality so people that like meeting me at work or at law school were like no you've let that, that, happen. <laughs> that happened to you stand up for yourself because like I'm really quick to stand up for other people and it's like yeah I know I'm embarrassed too <laughs> like I can't believe I let that happen for so long but you know what like I'm telling you now and this is what's happening so yeah I think he was kind of shocked because he was like how dare you embarrass me and I was like embarrass you oh man they're so special (laughs) oh yes (laughs) (laughs) they're just special creatures I love my husband (laughs) 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 but no I do feel the you know uh the pressures my mom um, also was divorced and my husband's parents as well so you do have these pressures of not trying to be that statistics or be like your parents of all things right yeah fail like your parents so um yeah there that that is that for sure so sometimes you do I'm sure you know you let things kind of slide or you know you you debate is that really important to me and that's the yeah. thing marriage and and I mean I'm, I'm sure you know this talking to people there is not a book a one size fits all like God, you know like and, and I don't think anyone talks about the I would say the negative stuff that that they they may accept, right? Because it works mm-hmm. for them. And I wouldn't say yeah. even negative, but maybe it's not the conventional marriage. I guess you can say that many yeah. people expect. You know, you meet a, a person, you fall in love, and you live mm-hmm. the life together, and buy a house, have a job, and there's nothing in between, right? <laughs> like right. You have two personalities that are growing, and then you add all these adulting responsibilities, and adulting sucks. I mean, like, it's so hard. I wake up, I'm like, God, I have to be an adult today again. <laughs> you have three children to take care of. Three children. You know, like, uh, you just, uh, uh, just exhausting even talking about it. But, you know, so you, you, you go through these periods of trying to figure out even what you are or what who you're supposed to be mm-hmm. and then you have this other person that you have to be concerned uh, you know as well so there's not one size fits all um for sure and um some things that may be normal in one marriage is not normal in another and we just have to figure it out exactly you're 100 right it's it's growing together mm-hmm. i know that's so cliche but that really is all it takes. I mean, right. not all it takes. Some marriages are not like that and they last forever for whatever <laughs> reason. But I mean, your traditional, like what you're thinking about a successful marriage is like two people growing together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it. Like even if they're on different career paths or tracks, like they're doing their thing, they're making each other happy, they're working on the home together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of integral to a successful marriage. And I mean, in, in my case, like you just, we weren't growing together. We we're growing right. apart. And, and when that starts to happen, like other little things start creeping in mm-hmm. and, you know, poking holes in it. Like when you're stretched thin, oh, it's so much easier me. to poke holes in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, did y'all, he did not, he, did he get out of the military because y'all wanted to like try to live a simpler life as a non-dual, um, like dual military? Yes. 
I mean, he wanted to get out of the army and, um, and I was like, he was kind of like, well, I'm not going to be able to have a successful career if you're still in the army. Okay. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I'm not that enamored with it. And the command queue at Fort Bliss at that time was like three years. <laughs> so I was like, well, I can probably get out and go into the reserves and just, you know, pick up a command pretty quickly. And a couple of people had told me that. Um, so that's when I decided to transfer to the reserve component. And he just, he got out. Okay. And I just, you know, it's, again, it's things that we, um, sacrifice right and then and then ultimately we still end up going our separate ways so yeah um as far as again back to your podcast um let's see what I had a question for you on the tip of my tongue uh the us it was oh my gosh I was gonna ask it and it completely slipped my mind but um <laughs> uh as far as one one of the stories what is I yes what is your favorite episode of your podcast that that stands out to you and, and why okay oh my god I just made zoom go away okay cool. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. um, I um my favorite episode that I did was with one of my best friends from college um Christina Stoniker um commissioned at the same time she was an ADA officer um, and then we were in Afghanistan at the same time. Um, so we've been friends for so long since we were at VMI and then after that. Um, and since she left active duty, she got out of the army, um, moved to Idaho, <laughs> rural Idaho, like the middle of nowhere. Um, and she has found her calling as a yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. So we, I, I was like, look, I'm She's been divorced as well. And and we were both in each other's weddings. <laughs> so I'm like, oh girl, we're both single now. And um, let's get this podcast episode down. So <laughs> she's a great sport. Um, and we just really talked about healing through trauma. And it, you know, just talking about like the different levels or layers of trauma that we carry with us. Um I it explained Exposed a lot of our personal lives that like we knew about each other. Right. Um, but like the broader <laughs> world. Our listeners now do. <laughs> yeah. And um it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. I was emotionally drained afterwards. Like it was wonderful and therapeutic. Um, but it was a lot to like just put myself out there and then um it was very well received. We talked about just kind of growing through, really growing through trauma and like different ways to get rid of it. And she's, or, you know, treat it. Um, she's a yoga instructor and works with meditation and gets to talk about the practice that she's used. Yeah. Um, and I, it was just a wonderful experience. Um, yeah. No, did, what do you remember the, the, the name of it? So listeners can go check it out. Oh my gosh, I think, um, I don't know. I think it's called Healing Through Trauma or Healing After Trauma, one or the other. Um, I recorded it last October, in October of 2020. Um, Yeah, and it was was great. And she did a a special like breathing exercise, (laughs) a separate like 30 minute breathing exercise so anyone can go hop on and listen to that and kind of like a guided meditation. 
Yeah, I, you know, I just, well, it wasn't through trauma, but it was for, um, I just interviewed um, Bill Benjamin, who does emotional intelligence, but mm-hmm. meditation and mindful breathing can help, you know, not only through trauma, as you just said, but we did like a exercise just to like take a second to just pause and think of what you're going to say next, <laughs> you know, yes. in, a, in a pressured um, uh, conversation or, or something that's not going so well, but yeah. yeah pretty interesting breathing goes a long way yeah for sure did you use anything any particular techniques during your divorce um therapy or mindful yoga or I mean um, (laughs) comedy that's right a podcast that's that's me um that is truly like how I get past stuff uh I'm just like that okay. I I'm like you know what I'm alive you're alive like we're alive we're gonna be okay we can get past this we can grow and so that's kind of just where I come from like with everything okay is like all right there's something to laugh about here and I know I've had instances when I was like really really down and I couldn't find anything to laugh about and I'm like whoa like you need <laughs> I'm like you need to take a step back like your life's not that bad fix yourself <laughs> like life isn't that bad just get over it not get over it but you know worse, recognize the issue right. and come up with a plan so yeah just comedy just joking I'm lucky to have great friends and a supportive family so if I ever really needed to like vent and you always do when you're going through a divorce like sometimes you just want to trash talk somebody mm-hmm. and just have someone say you know what yes I'm going to slap him next time I see him or something like that. That helps. And they're never (laughs) going to slap him. You know, next time they see him, they're going to smile and say, hey, how are you doing? How's your mom and him? Right. Um, right. But just having this feeling like someone's like on your side and being like, I got your back. That feels good. That was enough for me. Okay. To validate your feelings. You know, I do have another question for you. So while you were in Africa, did you start the process for the divorce? Oh, it was right when you came back. That was right when we came back. So how did you go about finding a lawyer? Um, Reaching out to my contacts in my town. I live in a pretty small town in Alabama and the legal community is pretty small. Um, But I happen to know a few attorneys and I just asked for recommendations. Like, so what should a person look for when they're, you know, let me, let me Google, Google in my area, divorce lawyers. And then it's like, okay, now what, (laughs) you know, let me call the first person. Should I call someone who looks like me, who's a female, you know, who my ethnicity, like what, what are the, the criteria you should look for when, um, trying to pinpoint the right lawyer for you? I would say, um, first off asking for personal recommendations, which I know can be difficult. I took that first step and it was hard and it was embarrassing, but it was a step that needed to be taken. And I just made myself do it and I'm better for it, you know, and getting a personal recommendation from someone or even having someone say, well, you know what? Don't use this attorney. I felt like they did me wrong in my divorce. Um, Personal experience is above everything. And that's kind of how the legal community works. Um, And second, I would say just making sure, being open, like we all have our preference. Like I I prefer to have a woman as my attorney. I felt like she would understand where I was coming from. And she did. And she was amazing. And she has kids. And 
And so she knew exactly how I felt when I talked about like, these are the reasons I want these things for my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, But you do need to be open because um, there's a few law firms out there. Some of them are big that are like, we're the men's rights law firm or we're the dad's law firm. And it's kind of, they market like just to men. Um, And it's silly. Sometimes laugh about that. Definitely not any attorney or judge that I've ever known has laughed about that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, you you need to try to find yourself an attorney that seems reputable, has good reviews. Um, You can hop on the whatever state bar association um, for the state you're in and generally look up that attorney and see, like, (laughs) do they have a valid license? Like... Um, are they 150 years old? They're not going to understand where I'm coming from. Um, you can kind of look that stuff up. So it does take a little bit of work. It takes, okay. it does take some research. That's why I, I say, and most people recommend, like start with personal recommendations and try to narrow it down. After mm-hmm. that, make sure you find somebody who's going to jive with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I'm super independent, like Mm-hmm. educated military woman mm-hmm. um and kind of like very progressive leaning and very like pro-women so you know the average um 70 year old white attorney from rural Alabama probably wasn't really going to get down with my personality <laughs> um so like I did not want that to happen okay. um and so I think that is something to think about. I, I don't like to say like, well, don't choose this attorney because they're not the same race as you or same religion because that shouldn't matter for an attorney. They're going to fight for you the same either way. It doesn't matter for them, but right. it might make a client more comfortable if they right. have some of those similarities. Okay. What about the cost? How much would you say cost both you and your ex for? Um, um, it cost him a lot more than it cost me. It would be hard. <laughs> You hired the dad's law firm. Okay. <laughs> I hired, you know, local attorney. So <laughs> I know what their rates are. <laughs> um, it totally depends on okay. your location. Okay. Um, the experience of the lawyer. Mm-hmm. It really does depend on the market because in our small town, um, a retainer fee. Um, oh my gosh, I don't even remember what my retainer fee was. 5000 8000 I don't know. That's on the high end. Like, that's a high end in my town. But in right. Birmingham, you can have a retainer fees of $10,000, $20,000. So do people take out loans? I mean, like... <laughs> okay, that's what... Like, you don't have a good savings nest or, you know, golly, that's just okay. like... You know what they do? Right? To so like, I ain't getting divorced. <laughs> we don't live in and then I think they try to figure it out themselves or if they might get sticker shock and then go to a, an attorney that doesn't charge as much. I don't want to say cheaper, but an attorney with lower rates, but right. attorneys are compensated based on their experience. Most right. of the time. Sometimes so, you get four. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to say that because like, I mean, I just graduated law school. So once <laughs> I pass the bar, I'm going to be making like $5 an hour. <laughs> But, you know, my, the value of my work, <laughs> the value of my work is less than a Uber rate, I think, probably, but a really good attorney that have been practicing for a long time, and I think I'd be getting like five or $600 an hour, 
Yeah. But you know what? They're normally really, really good at what they do. Um, so it, it can be worth it. Okay. So, wow. So, wow. Wow. Expensive, <laughs> right? So expensive going into it. And do you, I mean, I guess if, did y'all sell the house? Um, I sold my interest in it to him. Oh, okay. I'm like, I guess there's money to be made if y'all do have assets that you can sell to pay off these things. I guess that's how some people pay off their mm-hmm. lawyer fees, just selling everything. But That's wow. true. Yeah. People might do that. Um, and I think generally like the more joint assets you have, like the more marital assets um, or the more complicated, like your tax bracket is or your tax structure, the more of a need you're going to have for like inexpensive attorney, they might specialize in those things mm-hmm. um, because there are some, some attorneys that are like, yeah, I do divorce, but I'm really good at complex tax situations. Like if a married couple owns businesses together and has joint retirement or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think some people do that. If you just have like plain run of the mill, like if you don't have a kid, um, and maybe you only own a house together or something like that, like you honestly, unless you really hated each other, probably don't need an attorney. (laughs) Like unless it's something really crazy, you can file for divorce yourself. Okay. Individuals. Um, it's totally doable, but you just have to be able to work with each other. Right. Right. Which is a hurdle for people, some people getting divorced, like, right, naturally. Okay. So, yeah. So if you, if you have a, a relationship that y'all can work it out, like you said, there's not a lot of assets or, or even disagreements or, you know, you, y'all figure it out yeah. who's going to leave with what, then you don't need right. a lawyer. And that will um, save some people, thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Save thousands of dollars for both of you. And some people can absolutely do that. Um, my divorce is not one of those. Well, no, not when y'all are living in the same house. <laughs> no, it was like, I am taking my office chair and I don't care that you don't have one. And I was like, I will be taking my KitchenAid mixer and I will leave you the very nice silverware that I purchased. <laughs> it was like, I get the blender, you get the mixer, you know? I left the blender. I didn't like it anyway. I was like, I don't want you janky blender. Down to the, the, the silverware, huh? Like, I, well. <laughs> I swear to you. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Wow. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's partly because he was surprised, you know, and he was trying to fight it for, for, I mean, he, I, no, a, he wasn't fighting. He didn't fight it. He filed for divorce. When I oh, okay. Him. He I, filed for divorce. Okay. I was like, Hey, I, I really, I don't think this is working. I want to get a divorce. And like, the next week, he was like, "Why well, filed for divorce?" Oh, so that was like, but <laughs> like, okay. Well, three days ago, you said you wanted to make it work. Uh-huh. I was like, "Hmm, what's going on?" That's suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, how, so how is it working now? As far as since the divorce actually happened, and you're, you know, doing uh, dual custody. Our um, custody, or you it's know, joint custody. Joint custody. Thank you. Um, we have joint physical and legal custody. So my daughter does one week, one week at home with me, one week at home with dad. Um, and um, that's terrible. <laughs> she's doing fine because she's great, but I will say that's probably that's a, a horrible um, custody schedule. Okay. And um, there's been a big push 
kind of recently in like this pro pro men's rights and mm -hmm. um like they didn't have rights for the entire history of the country um <laughs> everything except for i guess fatherhood huh? <laughs> yeah well i mean that's not even true because it used to be like if you got divorced the, the children automatically went to the husband because it was oh. assumed that a woman couldn't care for him really i didn't see i thought it was the opposite i didn't know oh. So that that kind of like when when judges start saying like well maybe mom is a little bit better you know better off to take it raise these children that she made um, so that that was a, a relatively modern by legal standards trend Wait, was that a, a Alabama thing or was that that's kind of so all that was like everywhere really yes yes so it, it it was like that for a really long time like kids went with dads okay. because because women trash you know they were right. like women you're crazy they don't serious. work they don't work right right who All that. can you even read you know okay okay, okay. Yeah. i can see that okay yeah so it, it kind of you know that changed over the years and it kind of morphed into like um you know well default is going to be mama gets custody because she's a woman she can obviously take care of these kids better than some dad which is not always true we know that right, right um and so now they're kind of like going to this happy medium where a lot of judges are like you know what i don't actually even feel like learning about what's best for this child i'm just going to say joint custody until someone can prove abuse or neglect which is exactly what our judge said uh -huh. um I have strong opinions on that, and I don't want to talk about them on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. I'm still waiting for my bar application to come. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of like the trend of it has gone, and now they're going to like this joint custody model, which is very difficult. I think um, probably a little bit easier for older kids. My daughter's five when we got divorced, and six now. Mm -hmm. It could be a little challenging, you know. Like it requires co-parenting and working together, and um, that can be difficult for some people, especially if there's a lot of acrimony, mm -hmm. you know, still about the marriage. So. Right. Are, are, I mean, I guess you would have to live in the same state. You do. Yeah. So when you have joint custody, at least in Alabama, it could be different for other states. Like you can't move like more than 50 miles or something like that, like outside of the area or else it's deemed like, you know, um, a major change that might cause a change in the custody arrangement. So, yes, long story short, I'm stuck here in Alabama. Um, she's 18. <laughs> so she goes to college. So. Um, it's not too bad down here. I miss Virginia, but yeah, I, I'm not the only one in that situation. <laughs> no kidding. Unless, unless y'all decide to move to a different state together. Yeah, we just moved together. <laughs> oh and a little house right next to each other. It'll be so fun. It'll yeah. be so fun. Yeah, I would. That would turn into a true crime podcast so fast. <laughs> you know, I would I be the victim. My husband's uh, parents they come visit you know at, I mean, during um, holidays. But you know, I'm like, why don't y'all just get remarried? <laughs> they come together. No, no, not like together, oh. but at the same time, you know, yeah, so at the same time, yeah. at the same time, like, why don't you just get remarried? You know, you're both single. Why not? Why, what, 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 you know, come on. <laughs> My parents were actually married twice. Uh -huh. so oh, to each other or to, to each other. Oh, see. 
They were they're divorced the second time. They were oh, together yeah. a third time, but thank God they didn't get married. So I didn't have to live through a third divorce. Um, but like, I'm like, and they're both remarried now to like amazing people. And I adore my stepmom and my stepdad and they're great and in great, happy, healthy relationships. But my childhood, I was like, oh, it's not normal for parents to get divorced and then you're remarried. And then you divorced again. And then like, it was the weirdest thing. That is, that is, that's, I mean, they try. They ultimately try. They did. They for real, for real. Almost on a third time. <laughs> it was just too much. I was like, y'all are doing too much for love, okay? Like, just pump the brakes. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But maybe they found themselves in a similar predicament than, like, you know, as you do, like, where it was just like, what are we going to do with these kids? You know, mm-hmm. we got to see each other every week anyway. <laughs> so, like, I whatever. Yeah, I know. Get it's together. So complicated. But I will say now, like, my parents live on the same road. <laughs> so only, like, 10 minutes apart. And it's super convenient when we go home because sometimes I'm like, oh, it's so annoying. Like, I have so many families to go visit. Right. And I'm like, oh, they're only five minutes down the road five minutes it's like such an easy drive like just you can be at the other grandparents you know since I have a daughter um that is really convenient but they live close together and I'm like thank god they don't live in different states right right yeah that's extra yeah extra mileage and and money Mm So, well, I mean, we have probably like another 10 minutes left or so. I don't want to keep you on too much because oh, I know you are a busy lady, yeah. but what are some things that stand out? I guess, what are some tips for, for the listeners who may be, you know, again, thinking about divorce? Um, any, anything that stands out to you that you wish you would have known or were told, uh, even with your background, or you didn't expect um, to you didn't expect to to happen while you were going through what you were going through um I will say this this is like I don't want this to seem like a shameless plug but my last podcast episode I did um was an interview with an attorney from Chicago who practices um collaborative law I did not know about the collaborative divorce approach until I was already like you know, litigating my divorce, so going through the court system. Um, I would encourage anyone who's never heard of it to take a listen to that episode and do a little research on the collaborative um, divorce approach. It's wonderful. Like the attorneys that practice it, I've heard them say things like, you know, the agreement we came to was beautiful. Um, We helped everyone deal with the divorce. It's really like, I don't want to say softer because you you're settling everything, but you're doing it outside of the court and you're doing it with attorneys that literally have to sign basically a contract that says, if we can't settle this through the collaborative approach, I can't be your attorney anymore. So Mm -hmm. they have a lot of motivation to work it out that way. It involves like mental health professionals, Mm -hmm. um, parenting coaches, it can, um, psychiatrists, it can involve financial analysts if necessary. It can be a little bit more um, cost heavy, like upfront, because you do have to pay those experts. But here's the thing, like in a lot of other divorces, you're going to have to pay those costs anyway. It just happens down the line. And also you're racking up attorney's fees the whole time that that your case is getting stretched out. Um, 
I would just encourage people to listen to that or do their own research because I wish I had known about that. And I wish I had been able to talk to my ex-husband about it and said like, hey, I think we should go through this um, and use this approach to help work, you know, just to come to a, a better agreement that we were both like a little bit more, <laughs> you know, you're never going to make everyone happy. No, it kind of what I mean, not knowing anything about it, it almost sounds like like a a very skilled negotiator where the 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 ultimate is not a win win, right? It, it right. like you win, I win, it, because it, it's more of a uh, and not even a compromise because a compromise means someone's gonna lose out. So yeah. it is well, it is a win. God, was it a win win? I can't remember the terminology, but I it's, know what you, mean. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. But you both leave feeling like man, I got everything that I wanted, you know, he got everything he wanted and everyone leaves happy. And then that sets the stage, right? For what comes after. Right. Your next phase, um, you know, when you kind of, when you're at that point and everything's over, when you look over your shoulder, it's not like a dark mask behind you. Right. Um, Maybe it's a gray mask. It's, it might be painful either way. But um, I, I was a little sad and disheartened that I'd never heard about it when I was getting divorced. Um, so, you know, unless you, if you have the financial resources available and you're thinking like, well, yeah, I'm going to hire this hotshot attorney and we're going to litigate this, um, maybe try that first and, and approach a collaborative attorney, uh, uh, an attorney that practices collaborative law because they have to be certified in it. Okay. I was about to say, is it some type of extra, uh, certifications that a warrior gets? They do. They have to get special training for it. Um, and uh, it's just super interesting. And I learned a lot from Stephanie, um, the attorney that I interviewed. So um, if someone wants to give that a listen, it's, it's a good place to start because she breaks it down Barney style and explains like the whole process. What, what kind of law do you think you'll practice? I plan on practicing immigration law. Okay. Um, that's kind of been my goal the whole time since going to law school, since I lived in El Paso. Um, I, when I left active duty, I volunteered full-time at, um, Las Americas Immigration Advocacy Center in El Paso. And so I got like a, you know, close look at immigration law in the United States and the amazing work that like the attorneys and the paralegals and the accredited representatives and the staff do. Um, and I was just like, wow, this is the environment I want, like committed to a cause, committed to a mission, like fighting for people. I'll probably be poor for the rest of my life. I think like the median salary is like 56,000 or something. And I was like, great. That's less than second lieutenant pay. Like I'm getting the worst. So. You know, you stay in the reserves and you'll get your, you know, your reserve. Yeah, I'll get my major pay every <laughs> once in a while. Um, but yeah, I was like, well, when I saw that, I was like, well, I am very passionate about this. So, and, and um, that's kudos to you. I mean, that's hard work. Was that like, I mean, I was, I, I was in El Paso for six years as well, but you know, it was definitely, I I loved El Paso, but it's definitely during the time where, you know, the the borders were closed, the kids were put into these, I don't know, buildings and things like that. And they were separated from their parents. I, I can't imagine that being any, I mean, it's rewarding, but I'm sure it takes a toll. It will take. I I think so. Um, Luckily, I have really great mentors uh-huh. um, that I've connected with um, and, and just people that I've seen, like, relentlessly fighting these yeah. injustices for 
you know, every single day they wake up, it's like, yo, I'm here for this fight. I brought my brass knuckles. And yeah, because, you know, I'm not active duty anymore, but I'm still in the army, right? Like I'm scrappy. I love a good fight. I'm like, bring it. (laughs) So it's kind of like, they kind of have that mentality of like, you're always a little, you're kind of an underdog because you're fighting the United States government. And that's a big task. Um, So I like it. I'm excited. Well, good. Congratulations for you, because that is exciting. I mean, we definitely, you know, the 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 little people need, you know, other people to be their voices. So yeah. thanks for doing that. That's awesome. Um, so let's see. So collaborative. I'm sorry, I got off topic. I was no, I was just good. wondering. I was like, I wonder if she's going to do marriage. <laughs> I've had enough of that. I mean, you're experienced now. You know, now you can. That's- you know, enough for me Uh, it's enough experience for a lifetime (laughs) (laughs) so no that was good immigration law okay good uh let's see what other questions do I have for you do you have any resources um that you could think of that you um you utilized while going through a divorce or that you recommend if somebody is going and that could be an inspirational book that could be anything um you know, then you can um, off the top of your head. Besides your podcast, you know, your podcast is number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go there. I do try to drop some educational materials on there. Um, it's not just interviews. That's, I, that's really difficult to say. I don't think I really stuck to just like reading about one source okay. or reading or learning from one source. I'm like one of the, I'm an information hoarder. Um, you know, we're very prevalent in the army. I'm sure you know that. So I like to get a little bit from everybody and see like, all right, I'm driving with this one or I trust this source more than the other. Um, there are like on Instagram, like when I started my podcast Instagram, I discovered like this, there's like this whole divorce Instagram divorce. I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. Culture. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's like a lot of mental health professionals and um, divorce attorneys, uh, divorce coaches, parenting coaches, all those people. Um, and you can really uh, learn a, a lot. I know that sounds crazy, but you can learn a lot from them. Yeah. Um, in short segments. And normally they, they link to their website. There's a couple of like divorce support groups that are online where people can just come and talk through like if, if you're not able to go to a counselor you can't afford it well you might pay like $25 to be a member of a divorce support group and just get kind of like an instant community mm-hmm. of people you can talk through that stuff with and I think that's really really valuable yeah just out of curiosity in your search and this is a really random question but um I do have a friend that is going through a really crazy divorce which she'll be on the podcast uh sometime in the next month but you know are there did you come across your search for I guess people who don't feel safe from their spouse are are, you know that they're divorcing and what to Um, do when safety is a concern I did okay so like in doing research for the podcast no in my externship last semester, um, like I went to um, the protection from abuse docket and I shadowed a domestic relations judge, which handles, you know, family matters um, and got to shadow attorneys who covered some cases like that. And it's scary. That's scary. Like family violence 
is terrifying. Domestic violence is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's definitely protections. Like I would say, always, always document everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand I understand that some people are, don't want to call the police, right? They might be scared of the police. They might be an army officer and they're like, I don't want my unit finding out that my husband beats me or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, but you must like document everything, take pictures, take recordings when you can and give all of that to your attorney so they can listen to it and make an assessment because they might be able to send you to the protection from abuse docket, I guess that's in family court in Alabama. I don't know if it's the same everywhere. And that's basically a judge is going to say like, this is a civil order. Do not come near this person again. You're not allowed on property. It's kind of like an estrang- a restraining right. order, but with more teeth. Mm-hmm. And um, like you can get thrown in jail if you break it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's definitely a route to go. Okay. It, yeah, it just- requires standing in front of a courtroom mm-hmm. with people in the gallery and telling the judge exactly what your spouse has done to you right. or your partner it doesn't have to be a spouse. Right. And I watched that, uh, you know, for a couple of sessions and I was just in awe of the strength it took mostly women mm-hmm. who could stand in front of a group of strangers and you know, in detail, explain what someone had done to hurt them. I know it takes a lot of strength and you just gotta, you just gotta muster what you can. And I think a lawyer is a great person to give you guidance and and support you through that, especially if you're not ready to maybe make it public, like talking to your family and friends or even your neighbors, right? Like, Like get everyone involved. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the same advice. I was like, no prepare, yeah. you know, right now he, he doesn't have the capabilities to, you know, but he knows where she lives. He knows where the family, you know, it's just like, yeah. if that person's mentally unstable, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't take much. I'm like, just set up cameras, keep a journal, let your, you know, your neighbors know to look yes. out for find Z. And um, yeah, I mean, cause all I could think of, did you ever see that movie enough with Jennifer Lopez? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that and 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 sleeping with the enemy. I mean, basically, with the enemy, women yes. freaking leave, go underground, and then next thing you know, the husband finally dies, and life is all better. You know, they kill the husband. So it's just like that cannot be the only way. To, you no. know, it cannot be the only way. I mean, shoot, it's, it's scary, but it kind of comes off like that sometimes. Right, like right. you know, in some jurisdictions, or depending on what judge you get, they might just be like, eh, I don't right. know, this doesn't seem that scary, and you're like, well me like it's scary to me and I'm receiving it or whatever right god I was like god this there has to be a better way but yeah I don't you're yeah it really doesn't seem like there is Mm -hmm. um okay no thank you that that was completely random but I was just asking out of curiosity and you know what are women doing who are in those unfortunate situations that they don't feel safe so um I have a question for you are you in the um the army mom life Facebook group. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think um, that's a great. Uh, there's there's a lot of questions asked in there concerning domestic violence and okay. abusive behavior. Uh-huh. And I think when I joined that group and saw that, it, it was shocking to me. It made me so sad and thinking, like, 
I knew how alone and ashamed I was of what was going on in my marriage to the point of where I wouldn't even tell my mom or my best friend. And I'm just like, gosh, what a valuable resource. Like these women can reach out anonymously and say like, this is happening to me. Right. Is it wrong? Am I exaggerating? What should I do? I absolutely love that. I oh, love, love, love it. Yeah. I, I didn't have that. <laughs> right. No, I mean, these Facebook groups have been amazing. Cause I was like, oh, I'll, I'm sure there's a Facebook group <laughs> Look, of yeah. how to stay safe and our, our tips of what you can do, you know, setting yeah. booby traps up or whatever around the house. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Call your local engineer. Like I would love to put up a defense in someone's house. For them. If they were like, I'm a victim of domestic violence. I would be like, you give me your address right now. I have everything we need. We'll put you a three layer deep defense nobody's right. getting in here you know, like a tom and jerry house and you have a ranger <laughs> come down the door and you, you know it's all kind of booby traps <laughs> yes yes you're speaking my language right now i love it you know so i uh, know but uh, facebook groups have been i mean a tremendous help for for everything from mm-hmm. wherever you are locally you know trying to get your kids into sports to like yes. you said the army mom life you know and just having these questions like am i just need some validation am i you know overthinking this or has anyone else been in this situation so definitely didn't have that a couple of years ago no exactly <laughs> so it's like the new way of a support group so you know that goes beyond aa and you know alcohol or anonymous and drug whatever so no it's good yeah, it's good and like church church groups like yeah, if you're not in a church or you're right. new to somewhere I, I just think it's so great I know a lot of bad comes along with Facebook but that's just something I've just realized I'm like this is amazing right like, right if you're you're private and you can post a question and literally have you know from right. uh, from other privates up to forward colonels and general officers responding to it and saying like hey I think you should do this um, right. or hey this is what you should do I just I love that sorry I love no, no, I, inter- I interviewed one of the um, the moderators, um, and that was a pretty good talk. So it was it was just a celebration because they do so much. I mean, uh, the the uh, the group starter, she's like doing white papers. I mean, they're really striving <laughs> for change, you know. And I'm like, oh, I need to step up my game. <laughs> I know, right? Like they're doing a lot. Like they're like, talking I'm like, about it. You gotta be about it. Right? Not one of those coins because y'all are doing too much. Like, can I vend you? And I've been there. You're fighting for all of us, and I'm over here just like, let me study for the bar. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna be fighting for you, you know your niche as well. So, to yes. each their own. I think we all, you know, are putting our little footprint where we can when we yeah. can. So. And uh, I mean, you definitely are, Jackie. And I, I mean, I don't have anything else that I can think of to ask specifically. Is there anything that I missed that you would like to talk about? No. Oh, I was okay. So when one of the questions you sent me, I did want to share okay. this. Um, it's kind of come up lately. <laughs> and the, and the questions that were not like for me, whatever, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, you just put like, um, what words of education or inspiration would you want to provide to the listeners? And I would say just completely non-divorce, non-podcast related is just uh, to women. Um, when I was at VMRI, which is 18 million years ago, um, it, women were still new there, right? Like we were novel. We have been allowed there for 10 years or something. Um, I had a mentor at school that was like, Jackie, this is your school too. Mm-hmm. Kind of half jokingly, like when we complained about stuff and just complained because I mean, blatant sexism was rampant in the barracks. Um, 
And it was frustrating, right? And she would just say, like, you know, this is your school too. And I really carried that with me for such a long time. And sometimes I have to remind myself, like, well, this is your army too. This isn't like a man's army. So I would just put that out there in the ether to all women in the army. Like, just remember, this is your army too. You enlisted, you went to basic, you went to OCS, you went to bullet, whatever the case may be. If you graduated mm-hmm. and you're not flagged and you're working, <laughs> you're doing your job, guess what? You have just as much right to wear this uniform every day and draw this paycheck as anybody else. Um, and I think sometimes we can kind of forget that because it's oppressively masculine, especially in combat arms units. Mm-hmm. Um, I was into combat engineer battalions before women could even lead combat engineer units or be combat engineers. Right. And oppressively masculine is how I would describe them. And I just kind of lost track of that. But the older I've gotten, the less I've cared about what people thought of me. And I'm just like, girl, this is your army too. Like you go through the same training as these dudes. Just you deserve to be here. That's it. Just right. own it. Just be here. Be the best soldier you can be. Yeah. And just keep moving. Absolutely. Gosh. That's just my tip. That's yeah, that you're absolutely right. It's our army too, our military too, wherever branch that you serve in. So yeah. Go out there and and do what you do and stand up for what's not fair. That's right. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I really enjoyed talking to you. No, thank you. And again, where can we find you, Jackie? I, um, my podcast is on most major podcast apps. Um, I produce it through Anchor. So if you follow Anchor FM, it's easy to get to me, but it's also on Spotify, Google, Breaker, Mm -hmm. um, all the other big ones. Um, I'm also on Instagram at DFBM podcast and, um, yeah, I really just share like funny memes there. I keep it real light on the gram and occasionally I'll do a video and just be like, did y'all know blah, 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 something stupid. Um, but that's pretty much it. Thank you. I I look forward to following you and and seeing what you do in uh, immigration law. (laughs) Uh, That's bar too high. Okay. <laughs> You're fine. Good luck on that bar. You're going to kill it. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. I appreciate your time. All right. Bye. Bye. If you are enjoying the podcast, please comment and keep updated on the Military Woman and so much more Facebook group or at the Military Woman on Instagram. Also, leave a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast and thank you for your support.